Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So Jared and I watched a new movie last night on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Have you seen Look Both Ways? Nope. Nope. Okay. So the concept, and I won't necessarily get into, I won't spoil the movie, but I will talk about the concept because I do think it's so in line with what we're going to talk about today. And that it's about this concept that a moment in time, a decision, whether it's in your control or not, can put you on two different life paths. Uh And a lot of people like to assume that those life paths are completely different. And yet they can have their own unique challenges, but they can also have crossovers and they can still get you to the same result or have their own things that are hard and their own things that are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, and I think as someone who doesn't have children and people always wonder if, when are you going to have children? Emily and I have often talked about the concept of your life can absolutely be beautiful yep. both ways yep. and still have challenges and still have things that come up and, and also unique opportunities that wouldn't exist otherwise. A hundred percent. Well, that was the conversation that I had with Amanda too, when I was stressing a lot on whether we felt comfortable deciding to only have one kiddo and not adopt again. And it was kind of eating me up inside in the sense of like, what if I'm like, 80 and I look back on my life and I regret that we didn't like do what was hard in that season, even though it's only going to be hard for a couple of years. And then what if all of these, and she's like, it just literally doesn't happen. That's not, it doesn't happen. Well, the thing that was interesting about this movie is ultimately the moment in time wasn't something she had control over. Mm-hmm. So like, but if it had gone this way or that, like things would have been different and she did fall in love with different people mm-hmm. and she did have a kid in one and not in the other. Yeah. And like her career was ultimately kind of the same, but like how it got started and like how she put it together 
was different. And so I don't know. Do you believe was, in soulmates? I, yes and no. So like my big thing is I believe you can absolutely make it work with multiple people mm-hmm. on the planet. I do think there are people that uniquely understand you on a deeper level that's unexplainable that I would probably describe as soulmates, but I don't think of them as one person. And I don't think they have to be someone you have a romantic relationship with. I think they can be friends. I think they can be family. I also think they can be romantic lovers, but totally. So yes, but not in the way but that not I in the traditional I, sense. Yeah, yeah. There's one person romantically meant for all of us. No, I, I think it's unrealistic. And, and I think there are so many life has shown us already that there's so many paths available to us. Yeah. And like to think that it can only work out one way is just so naive. And that's what free will is all about. Well, and like it puts so much pressure on you having to make the right decision every time because there's no room for error. And I think that's part of it is that there's not a right decision necessarily. There is a decision that has its own unique set of consequences, Mm -hmm. which we've talked about on the show. We have an incredible episode that talks about how we're reclaiming the C word and that C word is consequences And it's got such a bad rap over the years of that consequences has a negative connotation when it is literally just the results of what happens because of something. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I think people are faced with it more often than they realize that they, they do have decisions to be made. And which is why today we're talking about, yeah. How to make good decisions, the right decision for you, how to like work through it. And I'll start it by saying, I don't necessarily think I don't want to put good or bad in the list of decisions. There are decisions to be made as a business owner. And I think the context of the movie is definitely life focused. But for the context of this conversation, we definitely want to be talking about making decisions in your business. And it was all sparked by an interesting article Emily ran across. And but I also know like, yes, decisions in your business, but knowing that we purposely design life first businesses, like the decision yeah. is going to be put through the life filter first by, by nature of our headspace and, and values. And I think we've tried to explain a lot on this show about how we've ditched goals and kind of look at outcomes instead or objectives and like think about are we living in alignment with what we're doing day in and day out or not and this article really put into words what I feel like we've been trying to say for the past two years in a little bit clearer way so I wanted to share it with you so it's an article from Forbes we'll have it linked in the show notes so you can go read it it gives some examples on workplace decisions, but also life decisions. And so the, the biggest thing that caught my attention was when you set out to make a decision, do not make a pros con list. And so that's how this conversation starts. <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk about pros and cons for a second. I do think it's important to acknowledge that some things do have pros and cons to them. But I think what this article brings up and that I've struggled to illustrate previously is that people have often simply put a number attached to those things. Oh, well, there's 10 pros and only three cons. Right. But if that con blows up your whole life, (laughs) then pros don't really matter. If the con is a giant weight to it, Mm -hmm. like why are we not 
weighting that decision accordingly. And the interesting thing is since so often we're approaching decisions with our own sense of bias already, pro-con lists are almost always biased to the the decision we've already decided on internally and that haven't admitted to ourselves and like want justification around, which is also just like so bullshit. Like uh-huh. you can have already made a decision and you don't have to justify it. And I don't love this concept that we have to justify things like price or right. value or <laughs> what we should or shouldn't be working on in our business. And I think a lot of this sits for me in the camp that we always talk about living in and, and having an experimental mindset and, ha- and creating a culture of curiosity within our team and within our strategy sessions. We truly believe that it's a very, very, very rare that there's an actual wrong decision to be made in business or a wrong strategy or a wrong way to spend our time. There are things that might be more effective than others, but they maybe teach us something new. And we decide to go, you know, dig a little bit deeper over here and it opens up a whole new arena for us. I am, I've been in the camp always of where I, I do rely on my intuition a lot I have a gut feeling more often than not about something. And I trust that I am capable of making great decisions. And so when I am like, when I'm faced with something where I'm having to really think about, do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? It is, I let it try to unfold in a natural way instead of like fitting it into a box immediately and having to decide right then and there. Yeah, I tend to have clear intuition around do or do not decisions, but I tend to have more confusion personally with do this or do that decisions. Yeah. Because I don't think they're the same. I agree. Because I think the do this or do not, you can easily run it through a value like circumstance where you're like, does this align with all of the values, the mission and vision of my Mm -hmm. business or like what I want out of life or whatever. And do this, do not do this often very clearly like makes itself known. And the reason you had a gut reaction is because it was out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But the do this or do that when there's less stickiness on a value can I think be more confusing because they could both be fantastic things that put you on very different paths. Yep. And so it's like, Hmm. Okay. Well, so I think some of these questions can, can help filter this for you. So if you guys have been facing one of those, do this or do that situations, maybe consider asking yourself some of these questions and doing this filter. So what this person is saying in this article for Forbes is talking about having a kill criteria, developing a kill criteria to look for factors that could help you know if a decision is right or if it's time to give up. They're specifically talking about going after a new job. So you're changing your career, you're doing something, but you could apply this to whatever in your own business. So here are the things that I want you to think about. What are the things that you value? How much do you value time? today in this season? How much do you value money today in this season? And how much do you value fulfillment with what you're doing in your work, in your job? Then you make a forecast. So you essentially ask yourself, which thing is going to cause me to achieve the things that I value at a cost that I'm willing to bear? 
every decision has a consequence, positive, good, neutral. Every decision requires something of you, whether it be time, money, attention, stress, anxiety, learning something new, whatever. And then every result of that decision is going to have some sort of impact, whether it's money or no money, a long time to come to fruition or really quick. But all of those things have to kind of intermix with each other in alignment with your values. So we talk about all the time when we gave up goals, so to speak, and looked more at objectives or outcomes, we asked ourselves, okay, what, what do we want at the end of this year, right? Or three years or five years or whatever, how long you want to look at? And what are we willing to do to make that happen on that timeline? And what are we not willing to do? And then based on our criteria, then what makes sense to fit in the holes in order to make that thing actually happen? Yeah. And I feel like this is the step before that of like, okay, you're talking about after you've decided what are you willing, you're not willing to do to get there. This is the imagining. Yeah. What are you hoping is the outcome or objective by doing the thing and in this specific instance what's your kill switch of like well I will do all the things unless it's this you can have a list it doesn't have to be a one thing that would make you kill it it could also just be I will do these sets of things to help me get there but I won't do these sets of things like I don't I don't think there's a one size fits all for how you approach this for sure in the examples they gave I think these are really interesting, like, it's okay to quit if this specific thing happens. Because I think we often, especially as people who are type A perfectionists, like people pleaser, whatever, we, we already struggle with committing to things ourselves anyway. We're always looking to commit to the outside of ourselves. And so committing to ourselves on something is already like huge for us. So the idea of then quitting the thing is generally pretty massive for that type of personality. But I think this is such a a valuable thing to say it is okay and healthy to quit in these specific scenarios. And, and let's honestly, use like scenarios. I wish there was a different, even a different word than quit. Like I know it kind of ultimately means the same thing, but in my brain I start to look at it as I am no longer in alignment with that goal or doing the things that are required me to get that goal. So I don't want to do it anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think there's been a lot of things that we quote unquote quit even within here at BP where we've had specific financial goals that we wanted on a specific timeline. We didn't like what we had to do in order to make that happen. So we stopped prioritizing the urgency. We stopped prioritizing the speed. And so I think that there can be aspects of the thing that you eventually want to happen can still happen and you can, you can change how you get there or how it feels as you're working towards it. Yeah, I do think, and maybe it's just coming to mind in like the life aspect. Yeah. I do think some of these are like stern appropriate boundaries that oh for sure talk about safety and like the level that I think women often push under the rug so one example was I'll finish this marathon unless I get injured I think in the case of a marathon runner it's not that you fell out of alignment with the goal. You still very much want to have the goal happen. You physically could not keep going. And so 
pushing yourself could make an injury worse and all of the things. But like, what do you want instead? Do you still want to like go on the trip and like be there and cheer other runners on? Are you looking to recover so that you can do this again on a different timeline? Like I do think in that instance, it's like a, for your body's sake, like giving yourself permission to stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of following that thing where you're like, I said I was going to do it. So I'm going to do it no matter what. And I think we've all kind of grown past that, right? Like, I feel like there's a collective cultural maturity that's happened in the sense of like, yeah, it would be cool if that happened. And if I got to do that and I'm not going to sacrifice my health or my happiness or my relationships in order to make that happen. I think another example they use, and and this one is wild to me. So this is a, a side tangent for a little bit. I am obsessed with Mount Everest stories. You give me a story about someone trying to climb Mount Everest and then all the things that they're finding on their way and their journey. I'm going to read it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to listen to it. There's been a lot of podcast episodes that I've listened about how many deaths that have happened on the climb to Mount Everest. And it's because of, of this, that kind of sunk cost mentality. If you've already put in all of this time and effort and energy and you said you were going to do this thing... It says, so the example is if you're climbing Mount Everest and you get 300 feet from the summit, so you're so close, you're so close, but you have to turn back for weather. You may feel like you failed, even though getting that far is really impressive. And that's part of the reason why lots of people have died up there because they've continued toward the summit in conditions under which they shouldn't have. They don't want to close mental accounts in those losses. And that to me is just not the sacrifice I'm willing to make for literally anything in my life. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and so... I think it's that's an interesting concept of okay, if this were if this very specific thing were to happen, I wonder what we could do to still acknowledge that we did it. Because yeah. in that specific instance, you went as far as your limits allowed. Yep, you did and it. Why would we not celebrate right. that? I feel like getting in that example, getting 300 feet from the summit is climbing Mount Everest. You did it. You did like, that. Like, okay. I wouldn't say you didn't do it. No. And I, I wouldn't also have a requirement that you have to do it again to say you did. No, absolutely not. You know what I mean? And so some of that I think is society's pressure on us yep. that if it doesn't look this specific way, yep. then it didn't happen. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit in in a personal example. Some of you may or may not know, I'm writing a book on the side. It is fiction. It's romance. It's completely different than what I talk about all day, every day over here. And I've had some conversations with people about taking action in that specific area of my life. And you've probably heard us talk about doers and beers here on the podcast. We've had an incredible episode with our friend, Jess Ely, all about that topic. But I was letting myself get too hung up for years. I mean, this took me years to get to this headspace. I was letting myself get too hung up on the fact that, did I want to write a book? Yes. But I also was giving myself this really, really firm boundaries or boxes of what it had to look like in order for it to count, like (laughs) in order for it to be real. And I couldn't get there fast enough. And I was letting perfectionism sink in and I was letting procrastination come in because that was easier to do because I didn't know how to get from point A to point B. And only point B was what counted as me doing the thing in the right way. So three years later, I let that bullshit go and I, I found an easier alternative, a different alternative to get to the actual same end result that I was after, but it looked completely different. It was using a completely different platform, tools, software systems, whatever. And it means something different to some people. But at the end of the day, I went from not being a published author to being a published author. And for me, that was what I needed to do in order to have the motivation to keep going. And so I had to let go. This is what it has to look like for the end result to be true. 
and instead just started taking action to see if I could make the end result still happen. Well, and I, I wonder how much of that is what we actually believe to be true or the image that's fed to us. Both. I think it's both. Because I think in a lot of, honestly, all of it, like life, business, all of it. When you talk about a specific topic, like success, okay? Success is people start immediately going, reaching a certain title, hitting a certain income threshold, accomplishing this or that, or winning this kind of award or whatever. And it's like, since when is success not you know, picking your child up from school every day. Like if you were able to design an income to make exactly what you needed and you still are able to prioritize that task because that is important to you, like, why is that not success? And like, and so I think that's part of the filter is like, you have to be willing to let go this like norm or expectation around what it's supposed to look like. Because often I think the path being different is just as important as the objective being different. And that's, that's kind of where for me as an Enneagram three, as a projector, especially as a projector, if you guys know anything about human design, one thing that I've been really trying to unpack and learn over the past few years, when I first started learning about human design is that an aspect of a projector specifically is that they are a type that, that waits for the invitation, right? They have gifts, they show up, they can make big impacts when that gift is ready to be received. And so when I have looked back on my life and different decisions, and it's very, very rare because I'm also an anxious person and an introvert and I have social anxiety. But when I felt like I have pushed something to happen and kind of forced either my way into a room or a connection to happen, or I have sped up the timeline or urgency or whatever, that the end result I actually didn't like. It didn't feel in alignment. I didn't feel like I got it, like I did it, like I achieved it because it felt so out of alignment for how it came to fruition. But when I have sat and just listened for opportunities of either connections or introductions or new rooms to be into, or, oh, this random like podcast, just, I got a push notification to listen to this. And it seems in alignment with something that I'm wanting to learn right now. Like what if something in there unlocks whatever, right? It's like little stuff like that. It's when I'm paying attention to the invitations, no matter how they show up and then leaning into that, that's when I'm like, oh my gosh. And and truly that's when things on the other end, we are like, well, all of this was easy. I didn't actually have to try that hard. Yeah. I think the invitations are a huge part of this that you, that you do have to listen to. And I want to acknowledge that sometimes you're faced with things that are really big challenges to make decisions around. I took some notes because I was like, I'm not going to remember what I need to say. (laughs) Um, But going back to that, this or that decision, like say you're facing two paths simultaneously. I think one of the first steps that I would suggest for you and also suggesting back to myself (laughs) is that you really do write out what does life look like on the other side of this decision? Yeah. Good, bad, and different, all of the above. And I would love your opinion, Emily. What happens when, okay, maybe both of these decisions ultimately have very different outcomes, but you inherently can't see one being better 
than the other? How do you choose? Mm. I see. I have a, because like, I think people tend to default to the easier answer for sure. But like, is that the right decision? I, I'm trying to think right now, like when I recently had a this or that decision and, and I'm trying to think back on was one actually really better than the other. And I have a hard time answering that only because I have always been, even outside of this conversation, someone who I truly don't believe there's a right decision. I think that that's why I am sometimes such an overthinker and overanalyzer because I know that if you make this decision versus that one, then me, I'm just going to then commit to that decision and mold and shape my life around that one, no matter what. I think I wish sometimes that it was more clear to me that one, I don't know, was right or better. But then how do you choose? Okay. So, cause I guess in my instances, the good and bad is equal yeah. in some sense. Yeah. And so like, the choice feels conflicted because they're just different, not good or bad. And so if my partner, if the decision impacts my partner and they have a strong opinion, I will let that one weigh the ultimate decider. Interesting. But I mean, I'm talking big. Okay. So like, let me just talk one out here because at least this is where I'm thinking. When we first moved to this house, I stressed for about the first 12 months that we should move somewhere else, mostly for schools, for our kiddo. Okay. And I was in the stressed out camp for about 12 months of, holy shit, I think we made the wrong decision. I think we need to move literally somewhere else because of schools. And I don't know what to do. And I I feel like we need to do it now and we shouldn't wait and we need to do it. And Brian was just like, you're out of your mind. Like we literally just bought this house. We're not moving. Like what's the actual anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And so he wasn't rushing into, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And so it forced me to be like, okay, ultimately at the end of the day, do I know that he would move if I was adamant 100% we need to do this? Yes. I do have a supportive partner in that sense. I also know that he's like way less up and down as I am with my like thinking out loud and decisions and good, bad, or indifferent or whatever. And so the time that it forced me to sit with, do I still think that this is the best decision? No, but I know that we are fully capable of working with what we've got. And there are a lot of pros to this decisions, this decision of staying here. And there are a lot of cons, but deciding something different I am not willing to risk the greater impacts of that decision on our family. And so staying is the better decision. Uh Yeah, that's tough. And I, I definitely see both sides of the coin for that. And I definitely remember you really strongly considering should we keep looking kind of kind of thing, even though you basically were just, just got in the house, but years have gone by obviously. And I think it's also important to say that even if you did commit to a decision, one direction, I I don't want to say changing your mind because that's not what it's about. You committed to the thing for this long and now you want something else and you can move towards that thing and that can be enough. And I think it's interesting 
because <laughs> you know, if we're talking about life, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of decision making that life was determined by the set of rules that I had nothing to do with. It right. was it was growing up in a Christian household, the set of rules were determined by faith or the Bible mm-hmm. or what my Catholic upbringing said I needed to do. And it's interesting as an adult to like let the quote unquote rules of society go. Uh-huh. A unlearn a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and B also like try to figure out mm-hmm. what are the rules for myself right, and right. like what are my boundaries and what are the things I want or won't go after. Well, I think regarding the house conversation, I've inadvertently used one of the strategies they suggest in this article, even though I didn't realize it. And I know we've mentioned the word unless a couple of times, but specifically they're suggesting that you say the goal that you want to achieve or the thing that you want to do and you add an unless, right? And so I'm thinking about my house thing kind of in the opposite. We will stay in this house unless, and there are two things for me that have to happen. One has to do with finances and another has to do with the, the very specific feature of our next house that I'm looking for. And so for me, I, I'm kind of releasing the stress and the urgency. Moving is still an opportunity for us. It's absolutely on the table. And I know that we will pull the trigger and do it if and when those two things happen. And so I can just be calm now in my decision of staying and not have to overthink it and, and feel like I'm missing something. Well, I, I think that's an interesting, in a way you've talked about, so all of this, I think people are thinking about new decisions they need to be making, right. new objectives, new goals, new things they're moving towards. And I, I kind of like the idea of, I'm going to stay put, I'm going to commit to where I am unless these things fall into place. I think that's it's it's kind of the reverse because this is committing to a new goal unless something happens that would break my ethical boundary, right. safety boundary, right. like whatever. But I know for you, the unless are are two actually very positive things, not idealizing, but like you want that for your working towards, and yes. rather than making the what you're working towards the goal, and then saying, you know, like putting the pressure around moving you've released the pressure around moving until those things fall into place, which I think is just on whether you realize it or not is really fascinating. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I didn't even realize I was, cause it's honestly, it's literally backwards, but like, I mean, I love that for you. Cause mm-hmm. I do think it removes the pressure stigma. It kind of makes me want to like go through and like, what are the things I don't want to change? Yeah. Unless X, Y, Z happens. Yep. I imagine there's a hefty handful of those. Well, I, I do something similar. So I picked up running at this point a couple months ago, by the time you guys are listening to this, I'd like to run a 5k. I want a t-shirt a minute for the t-shirts when I'm running and it's hard. I now at least like, am past the point of checking my phone, like every two seconds of how much longer is this? How much longer is this? But I give myself permission to quit the run literally whenever I want, but also I'm like running. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so hard. I don't know how much time is left. Okay. If I get, when I get to that stop sign, if I want to quit, I give myself full permission to stop. And so I get to the stop sign. I'm like, okay, no, I think I can keep going. And I give myself maybe a little bit longer. If I get to that, that bridge or that part of the sidewalk, I give myself full permission to stop this run. 
And it helps me get through that last one where I'm like dying because it's just like, oh, but I have just a little bit further, just a little bit further, just a little bit further. And then all of a sudden my app is like, you can walk now. (laughs) I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're approaching it in a healthy way. And so, you know, it's hard because it's like you want some things that are going to push you and challenge you. Running itself is a challenge. I know. (laughs) Like not to the like the the Mount Everest thing. I'm just thinking like, oh, that 300 feet would be so tempting, you know? And so I'm wondering what are the things in which it's appropriate to challenge. Yeah. I almost wonder if you need to put that through a filter of like, I will challenge myself to keep going because it's so important to me versus like, it doesn't need to have that much weight around. Right. I don't know. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, this conversation is about picking the way of thinking about something. I encourage you to look at it in a different light than what you're used to. I think a lot of us are taught to think about goals and milestones in the same way from school. And it's hard to sometimes let go of things that don't actually serve us if that's what we've been used to doing uh, for so long. And so try out the unless rule. Try out the reverse engineer of I'm going to commit to this decision unless these things happen or these things change. Set a goal and run it through your values filter and really pinpoint what are the things that your that are your most important impact right now? Money, time, fulfillment, right? And dig into it doesn't have to be the best decision. It can just be a good decision that's in alignment with how you want to be living your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this comes up for you and how you implement it. And if you are looking at some challenging decisions coming up in your business, depending on where you're at, we might be able to help you. And not that we're going to make the decisions for you. Our goal is always to empower our clients and help them like work through the information that's in front of them. But if you want help with that, regardless of what stage you're at, definitely reach out. You can go to bossproject.com slash waitlist, book a time with me, and we'll talk about the unique decisions and challenges you're facing in your business right now and how we might be able to help. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.